0: Street.
1: No, you weren't. I know. Hey, how's it going, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Highly Taken Podcast, episode 12. Come back to you today. David Secret from Tallahassee, Florida.
2: Christian Smith from Wilmington, Delaware. Nick Smith back here at Jacksonville. Hey, let's get it, guys. All right. So,
1: this feels weird. You should have cracked open a drink, Nick. This feels weird that you did that.
2: I Sorry. Wow. But um, no,
1: it's... so we're going to do uh so It's the weekend. So we're going to, well, almost the weekend, but we're going to do our in 60 seconds. I will list off some very, very wacky sport and they will finish something in the 60 seconds that it takes to read off. So mm-hmm. when you guys are ready, let me know.
2: Ready when you are, big dog. All give right. Me like on... two,
1: give me like two seconds to just prepare myself mentally or physically? Yes. I think okay. both. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. I'm ready. I... On your marks, get set. Today we talk about a sport that's goal is to get that bread. I'm not gonna ride to you. This sport really puts people into a pickle. So help me, so let me help you catch up on a great sport. I'll stop procrastinating. I'll get to the meat of this sport and let us tell you about a beautiful sport. It is called first to take a bite out of the sandwich. The goal is, well, the first person to take a bite out of the sandwich wins. A sandwich is dangling by a string in the middle of a wrestling ring. The participants have their hands behind their backs, they're tied, and their goal is to just take one single bite out of the dangling sandwich. However, you are allowed to use body checks to try and stop your opponent from taking a bite out of the dangling sandwich. You can't use too much force, for that is a penalty, but you have to be offensive and defense at the same time this seems like a great sport i can sink my teeth into but i don't know if it would be like different weight classes i don't know like i feel like if i went against a sumo wrestler a really hungry sumo wrestler i'd be screwed
2: yeah you, you have no chance if there's no weight class over there so you fight over a sandwich
1: so yeah there's, so there's a sandwich that's gonna be dangling by a string, and you're gonna be with your hands held that's 60 seconds up uh, i mean i guess i didn't count yeah, it had to be. not sick. finishing that.
2: Oh, yeah, 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 you finish. are. Since you didn't finish, you still have to finish it.
1: I thought, wait,
0: what? I thought it was 60 seconds, and then we stopped. You
2: failed, but you still have to finish yeah, it. Yeah, you still have to finish it. I mean, minimum. That's not what we do Keep around talking. here. Keep talking. So I mean, what do you, like? Is it like, uh, WWE where they had the ladder challenge? Yeah, it's and a, stuff? basically
1: it's, yeah, it's like the ladder <laughs> challenge where they like the money you're trying to get that down, but instead yeah, you yeah. just take a bite out of the sandwich. But you also have your hands tied behind your back. Your hands like are tied percent? behind your back, and so people can like body check you because if you have your hands not tied behind, your back, you can just grab it and eat it really easily. It makes it harder. You can't really grab it. And It's like because it's on a string, kind of spins around. So even if you do try to take a bite out of it, it could just get pushed forward. Listen, man, I say you make it like WWE and put the ladder in there. Put the ladder in there? Uh,
2: yeah, and see see how we do.
1: It'd be really hard to climb a ladder without hands. That's the
2: fun, the joy of it. Man, I'd be at the bottom of it just body checking the ladder. Whoever's would, on it...
1: You would be woo. a bottom. You would be a bottom. That what's makes for, sense. What's wrong with the bottom? You get to watch all the action. Christian, how are you feeling down there?
0: Dude, that was... I would love to say the name of what was in that drink on TV or camera. Water. Bro. That that was the worst water you've ever had. That was the most disgusting
2: water
1: I've ever You got it straight from that, that sewage plant. Oh, but, you know, we're going to get into it. You know, this is rough. You know, NFL and college football aren't back for another three months. NBA's on, I over.
0: Spilled, I spilled alcohol on my computer keyboard. Sorry. Water.
2: Just, you spilled sewage water on your computer. Sewage, sewage water. Yeah, I
0: spilled water on my keyboard. I'm sorry, guys. Dude. <laughs> anyway,
1: like I was saying, NBA's over now. NHL's over. We have football in three months. We're in that dead zone of sports where it's just MLB yes. being played. No, we're going to try hey. to find some ways to cover those sports still. So, for now, we're going to go into top tens of current football positions. We'll do offense one day, defense next, and then we'll try to flip-flop that. So, um, yes, sir. um get ready to be upset about our top tens. So, we're going to do NFL top ten current tight ends. And from somebody who does not have a tight end, we'll let Christian go first. Yikes. <laughs> All right,
0: mom. <laughs> well, that's fair enough. Looks like so- a roast beef sandwich. Start off the top 10 here, boy. I'm going to roll at number 10 with Mike Gasecki. I've liked Gusecki since he was in Miami. Biggest problem with him is I don't think he has the size as much as most tight ends do, but what he doesn't have in size, he makes up for it in his speed and athleticism. He's a good route runner, not a crazy great route runner, but he's not a bad runner. He makes strong catches. He can jump. He's like another wideout, but he's just not, you know, as Or, I'm sorry, he's not big enough.
2: Damn it.
1: Bro, that made no sense. Yo,
2: I I just, I don't, I mean, that is, that is a jump for him, man. I
1: did not have him in my top 15. That's crazy. I don't even have him, like,
2: top, he's hovering at top 20, dude. If you don't say Dawson Knox is on this list after that, I'm going to be surprised. I don't have Dawson Knox on this list. I'm not going to
0: lie to you. Wow. Number nine, I have Darren Waller. No, he's not a guy that I will argue as a top five anymore, only, and that's because due to production issues and injuries, but still, at the end of the day, he's a very good tight end. He's now playing for the Giants, and if he will get a lot of offense completely depleted at the wide receiver position. I think the combination of the size and speed that he has has always played great for him, and that will continue to play well for him this year. I think we'll see another flash like we did from two years ago from him with another 1,000-yard season because he's going to be Daniel Jones's main target. But the truth of it is, we just don't know if he can stay healthy or not until we can see all of that. Number eight, I have Pat Fryermuth from Pittsburgh. Former second-round pick is really starting to make a name for himself over there. He's really starting to be able to elevate his play. My biggest concern for this guy, though, would be the touchdown production, having seven his rookie year to only two last year, but everything else went up. He posted 430 yards in his rookie year to jump it up to 750 in his sophomore year, and he doubled his amount of targets as well. I expect to see another jump out of him coming here, though, in year three with Tomlin and that Pittsburgh offense just being younger and learning all more and more together. But for now, he's sitting at the 8th spot.
2: Listen, I, I will say, for Iron Muth, I mean, you got a first-year quarterback throwing to you, and in the red zone, I mean, that's where tight ends live is the red zone. So it's it's hard to have that production down there as a, a rookie quarterback throwing the ball. But go ahead. Fair enough, fair enough.
0: Number 7, Ah, uh, I got to go with my man, me and Nick. I feel like we got into arguments about him before. Dalton Schultz, baby, sitting at the seven spot. I'm gonna go with Dalton. I can Schultz. like him
2: now. I can like him now. We can.
1: We can like him now. That's true. We can have somewhat positive feelings. <laughs> well, that's him. what I I said I
0: don't like. I don't like anybody that played for Dallas for the most part. But thankfully, he's out of there, so I don't feel as shitty picking him here. I like Schultz. I feel he's a very reliable tight end. He's always there on your third and shorts. He's always very crisp with his short route running, and he's just an amazing security blanket that you just don't tend to complain about. He's almost everything that you'd want in a tight end that's not you know, a spectacular playmaker Travis Kelsey guy. My biggest knock with Dalton Schultz, though, is right now where he is, I believe he's peaked. I don't believe he gets much better than what we see out of him already. I don't think he Continues to elevate his play. I think where his play is is where his play stands. Six six fifty yard receiver, couple touchdowns, bigger red zone threat. Guy that you hit on the third downs, but that's about it.
2: That's not bad though. I'll take six fifty as a tight end. I mean, that's not bad.
0: No, it's not bad at all. It's a good serviceable tight end. Coming yeah, number a good serviceable
1: six... tight end. Oh, I thought you said I didn't even have a tight end. No, n- after tonight, yeah. <laughs>
2: Christian goes. We have the meats.
1: Christian's gonna go from tight end to wide receiver. <laughs> number six.
3: <laughs>
0: wow. And he's gonna
2: turn into running backs. If you get that? Jesus. <laughs> Yo, can I can I go
0: to my fucking dicks? Oh, <laughs> you can go. Holy shit! Coming in at number six, I have Evan Ingram. And before this year, Ooh. I'm not entirely sure I would have had him even on the top ten. He probably would have been the tenth or eleventh guy. But a, still, really, a high. lot of that has changed in my sense. he had the change of scenery. Now he's down in. We all know how that's going down there with him and Trevor Lawrence. He really elevated his play last year. He led. He was fourth amongst all tight ends in receiving yards with 766, and he had four touchdowns off of 76 receptions. He's starting to become a true, reliable playmaker for Trevor Lawrence uh, and the Jaguars offense. He's not just a fast tight end anymore whose speed has just elevated him enough to become an arguable top 10 guy. He's starting to really be able to show, I guess, what the Giants wanted out of him mostly. But now he's doing it with, a,
2: you know, with a real quarterback. I mean, honestly, when he was over there with the Giants, he was he was hurt. So he never yeah. really got to show what he could do, which is great for us Philly fans. Uh, I'm glad, but yeah, I mean, I agree. Him down the track, I mean, dude didn't didn't he have like...
1: six? He was my six. Oh, I, so I think I know who you're leaving off this top ten list. That's interesting. Keep going.
0: Coming in at number five, we all know him. We all love him. Dallas Goddard. I have him sitting at the five spot. This one hits home, but for Goddard, he's just about everything that you would want from your tight end. He's got the size, the speed, the hands, the route running. He's a stud. However, in an offense like the Eagles that we have right now, he's not your first option. He's not your second option. And you could even argue that he isn't your third option if you want Jalen Hurts to run the ball. So, but when his number is called with Goddard, I mean, time in, time out, he's produced. He's that we need. We, I mean, as an Eagles team, we had Zach Ertz. And then we jumped right to Dallas Goddard. The play, I mean, the play for that the tight end position has just been amazing still over there. Um, he continues to always produce and put up big numbers in his own way. I can't, I wanna say I wanna say Dallas Goddard's gonna have close to a thousand yard season, man, but the offense is just too too stacks for me to ever come out and say that. So I'm not Bro, gonna come out and say that.
2: That's like saying three receivers there are gonna have a thousand yards because you know AJ and, AJ Devontae, and Devontae are gonna and I be know. right there and uh, then That's why, I said, why one? I said I
0: can't. I can't come out and Ooh. do it. I can't. I would love to. I would love to see him get a thousand yard season, but it's not gonna happen. Coming in at number four, and I might get some hate for this one, but at four, I have Mark Andrews. Now, this is a guy that. I feel uh has been the number 1 since fucking Steve Smith at last was there. I mean this yeah, the Ravens haven't had a target. I mean, it might not have been that long, but Ravens just haven't had a true one guy even when was there. They have one guy. And so Mark Mark, Mark Andrews has been the absolute definition of a safety blanket and uh, just consistent play all around. I mean, he has great hands. He's got great size. His route running is not, you know, incredible, but he's able to get a separation and when he can't get a separation he makes he makes the play on the ball. I think now though, with the additions of Zay Flowers and, and OBJ over there, his usage is going to be reduced and he's not going to be as productive as much this year. Yeah. I like my takes, boys. I don't know about y'all.
2: They're very slow.
0: Coming at number three is George Kittle. The only reason that for me he isn't in the three. two spot. Yes, the only reason that he isn't in the two spot is because the guy isn't always on the field. However, he's an absolute machine. One of the fastest tight ends in the league, but has the bigger build that you also want in your tight end. He's an amazing route runner who can find himself plenty of separation. I think he's the only player when at full health is the only person that is damn near close to where Travis Kelsey is. Number two. Y'all boys are going to love this one, baby. Give me TJ Hawkinson sitting at the two spot. That's too high. I'll take him right there at the two spot. The dude is an absolute wrecking ball with great hands. And just an absolute, I mean, he's everything that I feel like that you would want from your tight end. I mean, it doesn't get much better. Uh, and you, when you go look at it this way, I feel like he doesn't get talked about as much as a guy like Mark Andrews and what he does for his offense. But at the same time, there's a lot of playmakers over there in Minnesota. And TJ Hawkinson is still able to go and get his. You're looking at me like that. But Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen last year? Uh,
2: uh, yeah. Adam Thielen but but was this, barely. Yeah, dude. No
1: hell no no I just don't I, I think you have Hawkinson way too high but just keep just keep going just keep Fair going Enough. and
0: then number one I just feel is always unanimous Travis Kelsey I mean there's not really much of a debate on this the guy's already on his way to a hall of fame year in year out he produces four 1,000 yard seasons is tied for the most amongst any tight ends ever Guys just thought he's a game changer he can do literally everything you want to do line up in the slot line up out wide tight at line up you know, down as a tight end, he can block, route running hands, everything. It's all there. Uh, I just feel like there's no debate at the one spot. It's got to be Kels.
2: It might be a debate. You don't know.
0: I feel like there's not. I feel like there's not. That's why I said I.
1: Yeah, I guess that, Uh, guess that comes to me. Also, you said he had, you said he had four 1,000-yard receiving seasons?
0: Yeah, he had four 1,000-yard receiving seasons.
3: Hmm.
1: I'm, pretty, I'm. I'm pretty sure he's had seven straight a thousand plus yard receiving seasons. What? Then you? Uh, my fault. Then Google lied
0: to
2: me. I'm sorry. He. He's going ham right now. He's been over a thousand for a while. I don't know how many seasons. I don't want to get in this argument, but it's been. a uh, it's Honestly, been
1: a lot. he's probably right. Um. But um. To start off, I'll go at number ten. I have Darren Waller. Um, he at 30 years old now, he had two lackluster years with Vegas in the past two years. I have him sitting relatively low. Uh, he cannot stay healthy right now in the last couple of years. He could still be a scary matchup in the pass game for any defense with just the size that he has and the speed he has. He is a great pass catcher. The last year was bad. If you look at 2019, 2020, he averaged 99 receptions, 1,170 yards between the two seasons. Can he possibly turn around with Danny Jones is going to be the big thing. He's probably is going to be the number one target over there. Um, but still, I mean, I, I think it's just going to see how much he can help that offense thrive with Danny Jones down there. At number nine, I'll have Evan Ingram. Um, he finally stayed healthy throughout a whole year and he put up numbers for the Jags. He was a dominant pass catcher and a revamped Jaguars offense. He had 88 catches with Rich Wingston, third best. He had 905 yards, which was the fifth best among tight ends. He is he had the um, he had his best season in his career as a pass blocker too, which is good to hear. He wasn't that big of a deep threat or an end zone threat, however, he only averaged 1.41 yards per route ram. He had a 33.3 percent contested catch rate and 52.3 of his catches did not end in a touchdown or first down this year. These are kind of like last, lackluster stats for a pass-catching tight end. Nonetheless, it was a good season, seeing him healthy, and maybe we can see him do better this year. At number eight, I have Dalton Schultz. Uh, he had a pretty bad da- uh, season in Dallas. He was the go-to for Dak for about three seasons in 2020 and 2021. He averaged 71 catches, 712 yards. Uh, He fell to 57 catches and 577 yards and five touchdowns this year. He missed some time this year. You know, Dak missed some time this year, and Dak also had problems throwing the ball. He had a lot of picks this year, so that could have a lot to do with his bad season. But he moved the Texas teams to Houston. He has rookie C.J. Stroud at QB this year, so it'll be interesting to see how he can do a C.J. security blanket. Um, He's all right at blocking, but could be better, especially with a great back they have in Damian Pierce. I wonder how they're going to be able to use him there the pass block. At number seven, I have Pat Fremuth. I think he's one of the most underrated tight ends in the league. He gets overshadowed by the likes of Pickens and Deontay Johnson on that offense, but he's a great pass catcher and is still really young at only 24 years old. He had 63 catches, 730, 732 yards last year, and I think the thing that he lacks is being a red zone target. Um, I, I think if—I'm re- sorry, that's the wrong person— <laughs> I think he can be a better factor in the red zone. He may slide up to the maybe the top five if he'd be, if he's able to do that. Um, however, he is a great block and tight end, and when asked to do that a lot in a decent Steelers run game, he probably won't get a lot of touches that he should be getting. At number six, somebody I did not see on Christian's top ten list, which I was very surprised, I have Kyle Pitts. Um, he has not lived up to the hype as a fourth overall pick, but he has had some good numbers. But At also six? Some... At six, mm-hmm. Wow, and I feel this like you feel like you're, this is a guy like that came so into his namesake. A, this is a guy that came into his rookie year and had sixty eight catches one thousand and twenty six yards in his first season playing, and that's with quarterbacks like Desmond Ritter and Mar- Marcus Mariota thrown to you.
0: who else was wide out over there?
1: They had what Zacchaeus over there. I mean, I'm oh, sure yeah, stud stud, but um oh. I mean, you know the last hit he's only had three career touchdowns in the last two seasons, which is pretty abysmal. But so are the Falcons. Um, I think if Ritter or whomever the quarterback. He is had
2: right Matt team, Ryan thrown to him the first year, and that's why he
1: actually had a decent season his first year.
2: His second year was awful.
1: Yeah, I, I think, I mean, a lot of that has to do with quarterback. Like, again, when you're, when you're sitting there, he has the bad quarterback. I think also what he's lacking too is pass blocking. He's not that good of a pass blocker for a yeah. tight end. No, he's uh, just he's athletic. Really, he's just much yeah. more of just a wide receiver type. But, I mean, Travis Kelsey isn't that good of a pass blocker as a tight end either. However, he makes it work over there. At, at number five, I have TJ Hawkinson. He had a pretty underwhelming debut in his first three years in Detroit. Um, he got traded to Minnesota and half uh, halfway through last year, and he had a monster year last year. He had his actually best year as a player, splitting games between Detroit and Minnesota. He had 86 receptions, 914 yards, and six touchdowns, which is just insane. Yeah, he still is really young at 25. He isn't bad at pass blocking, but can make some improvements there, which could help a lot. He also will be relied on more this year, especially since Adam Thielen is now gone from that offense. You also have Dalvin Cook gone from that offense. So it'll be interesting to see how much usage they're going to get out of him. Um, Number four, I have Mark Andrews. He's been the top target for Lamar since 2018. Maybe the reason why they never have a good receiver is because they have a great tight end. He also is a valuable uh, pass blocker, which has which he needs to be. I mean, for that offense, that is just Lamar go run that ball. He needs to be a somewhat good blocking tight end. Um, You know, he he only had Lamar for twelve games last year, but still had seventy three yards receiving and eight hundred forty seven yards. Sorry, seventy three receptions, eight hundred forty seven yards, and five touchdowns to boast. He is a valuable portion to that team and could be put up giant numbers if Lamar could stay healthy or if just Lamar had a better arm. Um, He is a giant mismatch around the red zone, too. Uh, Lamar looks to him, I feel like, all the time. I feel like that's where most of Lamar's touchdown passes come from. It's just those three-yard receptions. Mm -hmm. At number three, I have Dallas Goddard. It's crazy to think that two years ago, the Eagles' best franchise tight end was gotten rid of, but because of that, they had faith in the next man up. He has not looked back since then. Three? I have him at three. I have him at three. Look, wow. so in, his first his, in 2021, he had 830 yards receiving. This past year, he had 55 receptions, 702 yards, and three touchdowns. But he also missed a good amount of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you're in an offense where you're having the split between AJ Brown. You're having the split between yep. Devontae Smith. You're in the split between if they're going to run the ball. Now you have two pretty good backs sitting back there. You also have Gainwell who's still there. I mean, this offense is just well balanced. Yeah, this is a really well balanced offense. You look at the stats; he can run deep, he can run short, he can do a lot of screenplay as well. I mean, they use him a lot in those quick tight end screens. He's also yeah. a great blocking tight end. If you look down at the the analytics of it, he ranked second to Kelsey in D-Y-A-R, which analyzes total value, and then second in D-V-O-A, which analyzes value per play. With that well-balanced offense, it just seems to be on pace, and maybe he could do better than his predecessor, Ertz, when it's all said and done. We're going to have to see that, though, because Ertz was a pretty pretty good tight end. Um, At number two, I have George Kittle. I think he's arguably the greatest all-around tight end that we've seen. He's good at blocking. Um, he's one of the reasons that the ground game is so danger- dangerous in San Francisco. He isn't one-dimensional, though. He had 60 receptions, 765 yards, and 11 touchdowns. And keep in mind, he missed some time with injury last year. And also, he was in the quarterback carousel last year. He didn't know who was going to start. Yeah. Lance started, and then Purdy was – and then the Garoppolo started, and then Purdy came in. So it's pretty amazing. you know, Sam, Hey, and then
0: uh, well, who Johnson.
1: Yeah, and, well, San Fran doesn't in, in the game. Yeah, for like yeah. For like what well, a player or two before he got injured. No, he, as well. dude, Johnson
0: was in the whole freaking game.
1: No, he wasn't. He got hurt. He got hurt. Oh yeah, that's right. He was only in
0: for a player two, and then he did get hurt.
1: He got hurt again. Like the first play, he got from. I think like one of the first plays he got from scrimmage, so he who, got sacked.
0: Who finished that game? A quarterback, Purdy. Who mm-hmm.
1: Purdy. Purdy finished the game?
0: Yeah. Oh, he had to come back again.
1: He came back again, but he did. All yeah. he did was hand the ball off. Oh. No. Uh, but, you know, San Fran, San Fran doesn't exactly pass the ball as much as other teams, too. So these stats are pretty good for a team that really relies on that run game a lot. And then at number one, it's the obvious choice. Uh, we have Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey's is arguably the best pass-catching Is it the Titan. obvious choice? I think it's the obvious choice. He's probably yes. one of the best pass-catching tight ends of all time. He's had seven years straight of 1,000 yards receiving. Granted, he's had some pretty good quarterbacks in those seven years. He had Alex Smith and then Mahomes. Yeah. But still, he is a great security blanket. Last year, he had 110 catches, 1,338 yards, and 12 touchdowns. 90 of those catches resulted in either a touchdown or a first down last year, which is crazy. It's unreal. The only, the, the only reason I would consider having that two is because Kittle is just a better overall tight end. But Kelsey changes the game with what he does. He is targeted on 20% of passing plays for the Chiefs, and he had 120 passer rating while being thrown to last year, which are just insane numbers for any player. And it's crazy to think that the best tight ends to play football probably both play for the Chiefs with Tony Gonzalez and Travis Kelsey. Yeah. I had some honorable mentions too, though. Um, I really wanted to put Cole Komet on this list in here. I think he's just outside the top 10 there. Um, I also had um, David Njoku, Gerald Everett, and then Dawson Knox were just inside of the top ten. I feel, I, think, like, I feel like Njoku never lived up to his heart. I he was hurt, like man. I also just feel like it's more of the team he's on, too. He wasn't yeah. really – for the team that has a really good ground game, they, they don't use him as much as they should.
2: Listen, man, don't forget about Ngonkwo over in Tennessee, too, dude. That guy was a difference maker. Do you know where he came from? Um, if Maryland. it's Maryland, then I don't care. Maryland, baby. So, th- great. I, I love your guys' picks. I want a different route on this one. Right? Oh uh, at number 10, I have Gerald Everett. You know, he, he had a great season. He's a quick tight end. He really, really helped the Chargers this past year, yet he was still hurt for some of the time. But he's still, he can be a difference maker. Um. If, he stays healthy. I think he has a chance to go higher on this list, but I, I don't know. I don't know. As of right now, I got to keep him there. Number nine, Kyle Pitts. I, he has a talent. We've seen the talent. He has it. He. The reason I can't get him any higher than this is because no one can throw him the ball, and that's not on him. He's an athlete, but I just can't get him any higher because he just didn't perform last year. Um, number eight. I got Pat Fryermuth. Looks great. I think he's going to be a great option over there Um, for Kenny Pickett. I I, I look for him to be the third down guy coming out, but they have they have a lot of talent over there as well. I look for them. The Steelers are going to be a tough team this year. Um, The whole division is going to be tough. It really is. Yeah. Uh, Number seven, this is my favorite pick and I love it. It's number boy. seven himself, the most dynamic player in football, Taysom Hill. No, uh, way. see, I Did you that, know what, you know what's crazy no, is I no, no, was no, gonna no. debate that. Honestly, no, I no, was no, gonna no, debate no, 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 no. that. He's the most versatile, versatile player in the league. He can play any position that you put on in. The dude is an absolute beast. I mean, is, he's is the most he not... electrifying player in the league.
1: I feel like death chart-wise, he's a quarterback, though, but also like if we're looking at not, depth chart wise, he's, he's a, tight a tight end. end. Yes. So when tell you- me, he's he's a
2: top 10 tight I- end, 100 percent top 10 tight end. He is the most athletic player in the game. He plays literally every type of position. I mean, it's unreal. I, I had to keep him on this list and look for him to possibly get traded over to Denver because Sean Payton loves this guy. Look for him to possibly be the quarterback over there too. I don't know. The, the guy
1: Wilson. got paid. The guy got paid way too much money to be what he's being. To be some random utility guy. Way, way too much. Guy's way too maker. much. Do you, no, We got paid I mean, way too much.
0: Yeah, I mean, dude, let's let's be honest, right? Like Taysom Hill, you're never gonna see a thousand yard season out of him unless you combine his rushing, receiving, and passing stats as well. Versatile. Like, Versatile, I feel like though, I feel like most athletic player. Look, look, I'm not gonna lie to you, Nick. This was a guy I was about to put on my list because I was, I was thinking the same wavelength you were thinking. I like the way you're thinking on it, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's dude, he's not. I mean, if you're, I mean, if you go and look at play for a tight end, a tight end. He is bottom level.
2: He, You know right, what I mean? Exactly. Oh, he can still do it. He can still do it. They just throw to others. Oh, right, but he just, he can, he can and still Andy do it. He just doesn't throw. do it. You're Travis right. Kelsey I mean, can't throw year, the football. Last and- year. Let's, hey, well, let's Andy Reid said this.
0: Travis Kelsey can throw the football. He says he's got a cannon. Let's,
2: let's blame it on this. Andy Dalton was being outperformed by quarter- him at quarterback. He's not going to throw That's it. not
1: even true. That's not even true. He was oh, not outperforming Andy Dalton Jason last Hill.
0: year. Oh, come on now. Andy Dalton was never elite, so it's not that
2: hard. That's what I'm saying. So Andy Andy Dalton was butt hurt, so he didn't want to give him the ball. That's all I'm saying. Taysom Hill is. A you think so? You think that's you think that's the uh, reason behind it, dude? You can Taysom. give Taysom Hill every position on that on that field, and he's still gonna go out there and ball out. I'm sorry, most most athletic player on the field. That's why he's on my list, number six, <laughs> Mark Andrews. Wow, wow. He doesn't break that. He doesn't break the top five, based on. I mean. They have a lot of weapons over there now, and I don't think you're gonna see as much playing time out of him, especially because they have that other tight end likely, likely looks really good over there, too. So yeah, that's but that's not likely option. to happen. Oh, I'm just oh. I'm just saying that's the reason why I'm leaving him out of the top five, and he can certainly get there. Absolutely. He's he can absolutely be that guy, your third down option. Number five, Dallas Goddard he's always he's always a difference maker man i mean he can he can i love he's the most one he's one of my favorite tight ends to watch because he loves to do it all man he he's a great block blocker i mean he goes out for passes he's he's your third down guy if you need him you got you got five yards and the chip and go all day long it's a first down he's he's great he knows how to find the open spot number four you guys are going to hate this. I have Evan Ingram.
1: I don't I don't hate that. I feel you both have him way, way too high, though. I disagree because you yeah, got to think about this. He
2: got himself to get a franchise tag this year. I mean, I look at him. You have Calvin, Calvin Ridley over there now. You know, people are going to be eyeing him more than Evan Ingram. And Trevor Lawrence likes slinging the ball down the middle. So I think Evan Ingram might have a breakout year. Not to mention, he did pretty good. Yes, he only had four touchdowns last year, which is tough. But he also had a lot of yards, man. Um, You know, he finally showed what he can do. Thank goodness he waited until he got into a different division. I just like him at at the top five. He's a difference maker. Number three, I got TJ Hawkinson. He's the number two guy. He's the number two guy there now. They're, they don't have anything else. I'm sorry, Justin Jefferson and T.J. Hawkinson is all he has over there. Kirk is going to throw to T.J. a lot because Justin Jefferson is going to be double covered the entire year, and that's going to be it's going to be tough on him. Not to mention he had a he had a great season for being traded midway through the season. I mean that's that's tough to do. He learns a new offense. He goes out there and he still has what was it 914 yards and six touchdowns. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. I mean. By any means, being traded, and I, did he play? I think he played the first game right after he got traded, but he didn't do much. He was more of just like a "watch out for him" kind of
1: guy. Yeah, I mean, he played. He played a total of seventeen games. Played seven with the um, Lions and then ten with the Vikings. Yeah.
2: yeah, so he actually played in that that first game. I think mm-hmm. I remember that. He just didn't do a whole lot. He was still yeah, he learning played in every game this season. That's crazy, every man. Every week, every week he played. Number two, obvious, George Kittle. I mean, he's a competitor, man. He's, he's so, so good when he's on that field. He's a difference maker. It's really tough, especially with the talent that they have over there, to still grab seven hundred and sixty-five yards. And not to mention, he didn't play the entire year with eleven touchdowns. That's unreal. And the dude doesn't even like to go out for routes. He likes to block, and you don't see that much anymore. And he's one of my favorite. He's he's one of my favorite players to watch, based off of him being a competitor. Yeah. Number one, you can't argue it. It's Travis Kelsey. The dude is always a beast. He's always like you can guard him and it's still not going to matter. Patrick Holmes is going to find him no matter who it is. He's just always open no matter what. He's a great pass blocker. He goes out. He finds holes. It doesn't matter. I mean, the dude had (laughs) a buff movie. (laughs) Oh, dude, had over 1300 yards receiving with 12 TDs. And I think he had a couple games where he had three TDs in that game, which is crazy. I mean, always, always a great red zone threat. Super athletic, but honestly, I think Jason Kelsey is more athletic than him. He's just a bigger body. (laughs) I just (laughs) feel like I feel like you can't argue. Jason Kelsey is Travis Kelsey wouldn't be where he was at without Jason Kelsey. I mean, it's it's, uh, it's obvious, man. And Jason Kelsey without me. I feel like anybody would be where they're at without you. That's it's fucked up. It's, oh. more,
1: it's more interesting to me to think that, arguably, when you look back at it, they could be two of the best to ever play their positions, but also be, you know, brothers. It, didn't Kelsey come in for a quarterback when he went to since Travis, when he went to, yeah, since he yeah, was he a quarterback? Was a quarterback. You know, you know how he got to Sensi, though? Probably because his brother.
2: Yeah. So he was actually having a tough, tough year in high school, man. And Jason went up to him and said, hey, you know, you got to bring my brother in here. He's got talent. And you're right. It was quarterback, but he got moved to tight end and he was like, I'll take any position. Got a scholarship and look where he's at now.
1: And and it's crazy to think that though. Like, I mean, I moved to tight end after being kicked off the team.
2: That's true. That's true. Yes. They were going to kick him off the team if he didn't move.
0: You're right. No, they were going to kick him off the team because he got caught partying, dude. What are you talking about? That's I why know. he that's why, dude, he was removed for the team from a year. And then when he came back, they were like, we want you to play for us, but like you're not a quarterback. You can't play quarterback. So he became a tight end.
2: Yes. I think we all know the story. So that's gonna get us into our coming from the guy who wasn't saying it, right? AL All-Star starters, since we have the all-star game coming up here soon. Uh Christian, what you got over there?
0: Yeah, uh starting here at catcher. I almost wanted to roll with Jonah Heim from the Rangers. I think he's playing very well this year, but I'm going to go with a guy that I feel as though we all know and love. Uh, Salvador Perez from the Kansas City Royals. The guy, in my opinion, just continues to be, I mean, dude, he just, he's always playing at a consistent level at the catcher position. He's got 37 RBIs and 14 home runs so far, which also leads all catchers in the AL. Uh, he's continued to play, like I said, what we know him to be. I feel like Salvador Perez has always been a very good catcher. Um, and I think he deserves the bid for the all-star spot here. Again, though, shout out to Jonah Heim. He's the only guy with better batting average at the catcher position uh, in the AL.
2: I guarantee you, me, and David have the same catcher going into the all-star game. I I'm willing to put money on him. I mean, dude, it
0: I would have loved too. to have said Adley Rutschman, too, but I didn't say him. First base, I have Yanny Diaz from the Rays. Uh, this guy is a huge part of the success that's going on over there in Tampa he's batting over 300 currently with a 311 batting average 14 home runs and 36 rbis uh he's one of the best players on the one of the best teams in baseball if not the best team in baseball uh and he plays a very big role in that and I think with those stats alone he's going he should at least get the bid for the ASG but we all know it's fan base so yeah
2: I thought I had him at 320 did that change
0: I had him this morning I had him at a 311. Hmm. You have him at 320. Mm-hmm. I have him at
2: 311 too. I have
0: him at 311 off of MLB.com. So,
2: shout out to
0: where I get my stats. Uh, it's, yeah, let's go to
2: ESPN. It was ESPN that I got. This.
0: I mean, dude, shout out to the stat that told me Kelsey only had 4,000 yard seasons. That's true. Second base, I have Marcus Simeon from the Rangers. Uh, I think the guy's playing out of his mind right now. He's batting a 286, 53 RBIs and 10 home runs to go with it. He's a huge part of the stocking success that we're seeing out of the Rangers. I think he earned this spot and he's actually currently already leading the voting for second base in the AL. And like I said here, I believe rightfully so. Shortstop, I almost feel like this one was one of the easier ones as well. I'm going with Boba Shet from the Blue Jays. Uh, this is a very big-name player playing at a very big-time level right now. He's doing exactly as I think you would expect a big-name player to be. He's batting a 319 on the season with 14 home runs and 44 RBIs. I mean, I think this dude is – I mean, he's already, for the namesake alone, a lock for the All-Star game. But when you just go off with the stats as well and everything he's doing, he should be a lock for the All-Star game.
2: Shout out Star Wars fans.
0: Coming in for third base, I couldn't I decide who, who I really wanted to go with here.
1: i am seen All-Star Smash Mouth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I went Josh June from the Rangers. Uh, another big piece of the Rangers is going to be thanks to the third base play, both in the field and at the dish. Uh, he's tied for the second highest batting average amongst third basemen in the league. He has 13 home runs and 40 RBIs as well. He's continuing to play very well right now. And I mean, the Rangers are a very surprising team for us, for everybody at MLB. And he's another one of the key factors for that. Left field, I have Randy. I don't know how to say this last name. Sorry about it. Arrozarena. Arrozarena, yes. Though... Yashida from the from Boston Red Sox hosts a higher batting average amongst qualified left fielders in the AL. As a, one more time David? Arozarena. Arena has 12 home runs and 44 RBIs to lead all the left fielders in the AL along with a 2.68 batting average. That's very good. He's hitting the ball and more importantly, he's hitting the ball when there's runners in scoring position, which is in my opinion one of the most important stats in baseball. Center field this one was hard for me because when I was going and looking at all the play in center field, I didn't see a lot of guys that stood out on the page. Uh nobody in the AL is batting above a 270 playing center field. The highest batting average I had amongst qualified hitters, that's what I saw this morning on mlb.com. Amongst qualified hitters, the only player batting above a 280 is Brandon Nimmo and he's in the AL. So for me here, I'm sorry, he's in the NL. Sorry, he's in the NL. Sorry, he's in the NL. My fault, my fault. <laughs> it <Fair> off. <enough. laughs> So for me here, I'm just gonna roll with it. I'm gonna go Mike Trout. I mean, dude, he oh. might not look. Look, I get it. He's not having. He's not having a year, man. But at the end of the day, I don't know another guy out here in the AL who I can look at and go, "That's their spot. They need to be in the All Star game." Namesake, I'm gonna go roll back and run to Trout.
2: Oh, what is this popularity contest now,
0: dude? Should you know what, dude? Give me. Uh, well, I'll hear from y'all, but. Right field. Another Texas Ranger makes the bid for a Lotus Garcia. He may not have the batting average that exactly that you want with 255 batting average so far, but he leads all right fielders in sluggings and home runs. And he leads all right, all right fielders in the MLB in RBIs this season. He's producing runs. And again, like I said, I believe that's exactly what you want. And that's really a humongous stat. And to me, that's enough to give him the bid. I think he's just, out there, he's hitting when he sees the ball, I should say. But when he sees the ball, I mean, he's hitting it better than anyway as Or I should say, as good as anybody else. And then for DH, I feel as though, for me personally, there's no question about it. It's Shohei Ohtani batting just under a 300 right now with a 299 average. He has been crushing the ball. He has 21 home runs, 52 RBIs, and 79 hits so far throughout this season. I don't feel as though there should be much of an argument. The guy's been crazy since he came into the MLB, and he's still playing crazy.
1: Did you uh, Did you not go ahead and do uh, pitcher or closer at all?
2: I thought we weren't supposed to do those. I, mean, I... I didn't do closer, but I definitely did starting pitcher.
1: Yeah, it's fine. I do it because, yeah. All right. Um. So I'll go next. Yeah, so first I'll go for catcher. So catcher, I have, and let me let me preface this. I told Nick before the year, before this year, and I said, we need to watch out for this guy. And I have Adley Rushman from the Baltimore Orioles. Um. So yes, he's only batting 276 with 28 RBIs, eight home runs, but he is a defensive force this year. The dude has one of the best arms in all of baseball as a catcher. Um, he currently leads the AL votes as well, which is crazy to think now batting stats wise. He isn't, you know, a top isn't the best one, but I think what he adds on defense could put him over the top there. And that's why he has my vote. And also I just like the Orioles. I'll go for, uh, the popularity vote there at first Fair base. Enough. I also have, uh, y- uh Yandy Diaz. Um, a great bat for MLB's best team in the Tampa Bay Rays. Like he, like you said, yeah. batting 311, 12 home runs, 36 RBIs. He's on a tear this year. However, he trails right now the Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Again, it's a popularity contest. Uh, Guerrero Jr. does not deserve to be in first place over there. But he probably will end up making it just because, again, it is a name. At second base, I think it's the obvious choice here, Marcus Simeon. Um, He's been on a tear at the Rangers and one of the best offensive teams in the league this year. Again, 286, seven stolen bases, 10 home runs, 53 RBIs. This guy's really doing it all. Um, And he currently leads for second baseman, so that's good too. At third base, I have Marcus Simeon's teammate, Josh Jung, for the Texas Rangers. Batting 283, like you said, 13 runs, 40 RBIs. He's been great at the hot corner right now. He's second to Matt Chapman from Toronto, even though Jung leads him in all those stats right now. Again, I think it's more because those Blue Jays fans are probably voting them in. I know they do pretty well when it comes to voting. It's kind of like those uh those Royals teams in the mid-2000s when they kept voting a bunch of Royals players to be the starters. Shortstop for me, this is a no-brainer. Bo Bichette, I'm pick for starting shortstop. Um, now I do I did like wonder franco. Wonder Franco for the Rays has had 22 stolen bases and is batting 295 this year. He has eight home runs and 32 RBIs, but with Boba batting 319, 14 home runs, 44 RBIs, I even with those stolen bases, I do have Boba over him. Now, I'm pretty sure it goes the outfielders, I don't think they go by center field, left field, right field. I think it's just outfielders. If I if I do recall um, so at the, at the one I'll have Aaron judge. He's had an absolute monster year this year. He's batting 291 with 19 homers and 40 RBIs. However, the only thing here is I think he may or may not be injured. So it'll be interesting to see where he is by the time the all-star game starts. After that, I have Randy Arozarena. He has been a lightning bolt for the best team in MLB this year, batting 286, 12 home runs, nine stolen bases and 44 RBIs. And then I have Jordan Alvarez. He's a World Series champ. He's batting 277 with 17 homers and five RBIs this year, which is a really good year for the reigning champs. Now, right now, Aaron Judge is leading the outfield in votes, but Trout is in second. And I just don't think Trout has had a good year this year. He has 14 home runs with 37 RBIs, which is pretty good, but he's batting a 252. I just think it'd be more of a travesty if people vote on him for his name alone and not for the other people who've had a better year than him. At DH, like Christian said, I think it's obvious. It's Shohei Otani. I don't think it's a question here. He leads the AL in home runs. He's only one away from the MLB lead. Pete Alonso has 22 this year. Otani has 52 RBIs and is batting 299. Absolutely disgusting. He's right now probably the AL MVP and the best two-way player in baseball. Now, I did add starting pitcher and closer. At starting pitcher, I have Shane McClanahan for the Rays. He's had an amazing year this year. He's a dominating lefty. He's 10-1 this year and has a 2.18 ERA. He also adds 92 strikeouts to boast. And at closer, I have Carlos Estevez from the LA Angels. He's had an amazing season. He has a 1.50 ERA through 30 innings pitched and has not blown a save all year. That's the big thing. He has the third most saves with 18 and, again, zero blown. So that's why I think he should get the catcher's vote. Not catcher's, closers.
3: Nice.
2: I like it. Um I wish I would have done a closer, but I didn't. Um catcher, like David said, we talked about it a lot. I just like Adley there, man. I mean, he's he's a baller. I like his personality, dude is an athlete. I like him over there. At first place, I got Yandy Diaz. I think I think he's an absolute stud over there. I mean, he's still going off top performer in twenty twenty three. He had a hot streak, and I mean, you just can't argue. He's he's thirty one and still going at it, batting over three hundred. Um, second base, we're pretty much in agreement there. I got Marcus Simeon, uh, arguably one of the hottest and surprising teams in baseball with the Rangers. I mean, the guy, uh, hopefully these stats are still right, but I have him at 53 RBIs. He's got fourth most in uh, baseball right now. That's probably wrong. I mean, is it wrong? Did you get the wrong stat there? Which or one? 53 RBIs. Or is that correct? I want to make player? sure. For Mark, Marcus Simeon. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah, 53 RBIs correct. Okay, I wanted to make sure. And... I wanted to go with your guys pick at shortstop but I like Wander Franco. Um wow. he if you guys looked he's now batting 301. Uh I just, just checked it. Still higher. I yeah but I like it. but he go along with the 22 stolen bases, man. I mean, you just can't plus he leads the uh, the shortstops if you go by defensive, it's not all about offense. Um with the most defensive runs I understand We still have to play defense. Uh he could be a gold glove candidate. I think he yeah. w- might be one of the best all-around shortstops in the league right now. Uh, I can't argue <laughs> it. This one was hard for me. I chose Matt Chapman. I don't I don't, I don't I hate pick.
1: I, I I don't hate don't Matt hate Chapman. Dick. It's just Jung is leading him in every single offensive category yeah. right now.
2: Yeah. yeah, and I I know, but at this at the same time the dude's playing for a contract, and I think that why, that's why he's starting to step up his game this year. Um, but I just, I just like him over there at third. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's whatever helps you a, sleep at night, right? Yeah, that's right, exactly. I
1: think like, I think it's funny. I think Yankees have like a bunch of players they pushed away that were playing bad who now are playing well at other teams, right? Yeah. Uh, left field, help me out with this,
2: David. Randy Rosarena. Rosa Reina. No surprise. 2021 rookie of the year. Uh, the dude is an absolute stud. I'm not taking anybody else in left field. He's a great defensive player. He's a great offensive player. Love him all around. Great player. Centerfield. Christian. I've wanted to take Mike Trout. I, I mean he if it's a popularity contest, I'm taking Mike Trout. But based off of performance, gimme. Luis Robert Jr. from the White Sox. Yes. Mm-hmm. He, yes, he's not batting over 275, but he's batting 265 and he's got 16 homers as tied for 11th. Um, but in the last eight games, he's batting 471. Dude's getting hot at the right time. Yeah. I think he's a, he's a good ball player. I can't wait to see more out of him. Right fielder, Aaron Judge. I mean, it's hard for me to go against Aaron Judge. The dude is an absolute beast. He's batting a 291 right now with 19 homers. I mean, I really I don't need to say much more. I mean, obviously he's going to get the bid no matter what, even though, you know, there might be some people that are going to get that, but I mean, popularity in itself is going to get him the vote. Uh, and he's always great. DH. I wanted to go Jordan Alvarez, but you cannot argue with Shohei Itani. I would love to see Shohei Itani go on the
1: mound for for an inning or two, just because he's still a beast at pitching too. I mean, he's like a top ten pitcher. I the think league. they did that. I think they did that last year. I think they started him at pitcher last year and also had him hitting.
2: Yeah. So I mean, I but I think at this point he's not going to be your starting pitcher, but I do like him in that DH role. I mean, the dude is an absolute beast. Um, but I will put in my honorable mention is Alvarez as DH, just because. Dude is powerful, man. He kind of reminds me of David Ortiz. I mean, he he's a beast. But starting pitcher, I got Shane McClanahan. Dude's 10 and one. Mm-hmm. He's only he's literally lost one game all season. Yes, he's arguably one of the best teams in the league right now. Um, but a 2.18 ERA and a 1.1 whip. I mean, dude, you can't argue it. Um, But that's pretty much going to have you like looking. This is why the Rays are the best team in baseball right now. I mean, very
1: very well-rounded.
2: Yeah. I mean, they're going to get a lot of bids on here. I think you're going to have a couple of people that are going to get put on this team. Um, But I mean, yeah, it's hard to argue with this team right now, which is crazy. You don't think of the Rays being one of the best teams in the league.
1: Yeah. I also want to put a little bit of an honorable mention to Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray has had a pretty good turnaround this year as well. I wanted um, to put him in there, but looking at the ARA, yeah. a-
2: a- he's just a little better.
1: Man. The the Yankees, I don't know what the Yankees did to Sonny Gray. Again, another mention where I said the Yankees had a guy who was terrible for them for some reason, but was good yeah, somewhere he, else. He, yep. he went to the Reds and had some good seasons. He's had a really good last two seasons with the, I'm excuse, the Twins. Is it with the Twins yeah, right twins. now? Twins. So yeah. he's had a really good year. I think he's... Under two point five, yeah, it's like two point three something ERA. I want to say it's like something yeah. around there. He's uh, right behind him. He'll probably pitch like the
2: second or third inning because who wants to play for the fucking Spankies?
1: Yeah, he didn't. Was he with the Athletics? Is that who he started with?
2: Do you want money? <laughs> do you like That's a mustache?
1: True. If you like money, mu- <laughs> do you like a mustache? No, th- they can have a mustache. They just can have a beard.
2: Oh, is that what it was? No beard. You can't- Sorry, you guys. Beard. And Christian, all your hair would be gone. He can't have long hair. I know that's bullshit. I don't know, man. I kind of like that, dude. I kind of like that.
0: I, I'm willing to bet you, if uh, if Aaron Judge decided he wanted to grow his hair out, they'd let him. No, it's literally in
1: every contract.
0: Oh, then I'm not signing there. Thanks.
1: Yeah, you 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 could not be in your Yankee. I apologize. Yeah. I don't know that. I don't know if you're missing much, but there's a don't short apologize. porch out there and right. Please, please. So. <laughs> I think it's going to lead us into, we're just going to do a little recap here of the NHL Stanley cup finals. Not really a three minute minor here. This is probably the last you hear of hockey talk for the, for a while. Um, so what can I say? They did it. The Vegas Knights are your 2023 Stanley cup champs. They did it in dominant fashion. They won game five, nine to three in Vegas. It wasn't even close. They were just the better team all finals long. They they never allowed more than three goals in a single game. They scored 26 goals in five games in the Stanley Cup finals. That's absolutely insane. I'm interested to see if they can return next year. I mean, with hockey, it's a little bit harder to make those repeat teams. Um, And they want to end their sixth season as an expansion team, which brings us to trivia time with David here. Got you to your trivia question. There have been three true expansion teams in the fa- four major sports that have won a title other than the Vegas Knights. Who are those three teams? Avalanche. Oh,
0: no.
2: Yeah, there's three of them. It's just you just give them one answer, I, Nick. No, I'm I'm thinking, but I'm going Avalanche.
1: Um sorry, I should preface this. There's three true expansion teams who have won in less years than the Knights did. Because the Knights won in six seasons as an expansion team. There's a lot of expansion teams. Are we talking about from the beginning? Because we're talking about from the beginning. There's a lot
2: of expansion teams. Right, but
1: who have won that in their first in less than their first six seasons as a team? All right.
2: Sticking with it, Avalanche. Um, let's go oilers. Oil uh, like
1: which which oilers?
2: What do you mean? Hockey or football?
1: Hockey or football. Hockey. Oh, we're talking about all sports. It's all of the major four Dude, sports. Screwing. Oh, this is this is completely different.
2: Okay. Um, I'm I'm at a loss. I'm Ravens don't loss.
1: count as a... Ravens Ra- aren't a true expansion team. Okay. They tend we are the Browns. It's very confusing. Yeah, I got but you. They I'm, should be. That's
2: the issue. They they're should they're not be.
1: though, because the Browns moved to Baltimore. They're not an expansion team. The real Cleveland Browns now are an expansion team.
2: What about Indianapolis Colts?
1: The Colts were not an expansion team. They the because one they moved from Baltimore. Because They're they moved from Baltimore. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what I meant. That's yeah.
2: so confusing. Baltimore should have been. That's so dumb. This is a hard freaking question, man. It really is. It really is. But I'm still sticking with Avalanche as one of them. Um let's go Rangers. Rangers. The Rangers won a World Series? No. <laughs> uh give which me also which no, give me give me give me the marlins No, the rangers were part of the nhl
1: hockey like first team so um
2: give me the marlins man yeah i think i like that one
1: marlins is at number three florida marlins won in 1997 in their fifth mm-hmm. season
2: okay so you're telling me the ones that we're actually getting right so colorado wasn't right
1: colorado's not right okay uh Jeez, let me i need play. at least one more to feel give a me better bro, at myself. least
0: at least give us the sport for one of the other ones. Um so
1: one is basketball and the other one is baseball. So there's two baseball, oh, one basketball. basketball one's baseball. I'll give you a I'll give you the starting uh the starting center for the the basketball team. Do it.
2: Okay. Louell Cinder. What the fuck?
1: That didn't help. Um Not at all. The Sonics.
2: Give me give
1: me Houston. Mm mm. Sorry, I probably shouldn't tell you. I probably shouldn't tell you, Luel Cinder. I should probably say the name he changed when he changed the Muslim faith, Kareem Abdul Jabbar. My apologies. Wait, what? You didn't know Luel Cinder is the legal birth name of Kareem Abdul Jabbar. I didn't know that. And he played for another team other than the Lakers.
2: I can't remember that
1: team, dude. You only think of the Lakers when you think of Kareem. So he he was a tandem with Oscar Robinson. And the 1971 Milwaukee Bucks, they won in their third season. And then in mm. 2001, in their fourth season, the Arizona Diamondbacks won the World Series. Nice.
2: Dang. So I got one of them right.
1: Yeah, they had the Marlins right. Let's Marlins, go. Marlins actually won like two within their what first they w- seven what, seasons. Yeah,
2: because what they would do, they would buy all these players, and then when their contract would be up, they'd get rid of them, come back, Buy them all like two years later, win, get rid of
1: them. Dude, they were going crazy over there. In and Florida. It's crazy to think that young Cabrero's on one of those teams, too. That's so true,
2: Biggie. dude. Yeah. That's so true. I love it, man. I, I will say, um, with the finals, man, <laughs> losing the last game nine to three is That's a- bad. Not good. They were outmatched, they were outcoached. And what I didn't like with the Panthers is, yeah, you lost. But you blamed it
1: on injuries, man. Like you, you're saying yeah, one here, guy, one guy is not going to make you lose by six. Ex- that's
2: what I'm saying. Like they're sitting there, like, well, you know what? We had injuries going in, and that's the reason why it wasn't close. No, no. Like, okay, yes, that would have helped, but I still think think you were going to lose to the best offense in the league right now. Yeah. Um, and like I said, Multisalt obviously wins the MVP. Not even close. I
1: think it. I think it's funny that Moulchhial Salt is a, a victim of the expansion draft, and he played for the Panthers beforehand.
2: Yeah, and that dude, oh, it came back to bite him in the ass. They should have kept him.
1: They might yeah. be looking at something. He
2: yeah. led. He led all of the playoffs in goals. Right. Mm-hmm. Pretty
0: sure. Yeah, oh, he had a hat trick. You
1: know, I'm going right to throw, in an, game. An, I'm gonna throw another random trivia fact in there for uh, NHL. The most points ever scored by a person in their history is obviously the great one, Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky, yes. If you were to yeah. take away all of his goals, who would be in first place? For oh, points. It, would still, it would still be Wayne
2: Gretzky because he had a ton of assists, dude. That is correct. It would still be Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, dude was an absolute beast. Absolute beast. It wouldn't even be close. The guy was, I mean... There'll never be a Wayne Gretzky again. I mean, he just took over back when hockey was actually like. Even I mean, it's not it's not baby five by any means. Don't take anything the wrong way on this, but back then they didn't even wear helmets. Yeah, I like, think that's crazy.
1: Um, but I'll I'll, go, I'll put this into the NBA finals. Um, just do a little recap of that. The Nuggets end up winning it all four to one again. It wasn't close. Another instance where they were just outmatched. We knew that yep. the Nuggets. We knew the Nuggets were outmatched. Uh, no, sorry, Nuggets outmatched the Heat. Jokic won MVP, yeah. which was deserving. Didn't seem to yeah. care that he won MVP. Didn't seem to care that he won the finals. He just kind of wants off. to go to his
2: horse. He just bro. wants to go home, man. He's got a huge dude. race coming up on Sunday. He literally
1: yeah. asked the the uh, the owner. They asked him. Of jet. And so the big question here is: Do the Nuggets have a chance to repeat next year?
0: No. Here's dude. Here's my biggest thing. They won't. Is I mean, look, we saw a, we saw, I mean, what you, what Nick says, David says, I mean, I guess at this point after seeing everything, what I say should have been the MVP, just win the finals, and he basically came out and said he didn't really like, he didn't try, he didn't give a fuck, like he was just like he walked through it, bro. Like, I don't, I don't know, it's mind blowing to me. If he comes back with like ten percent effort, how are they, how are they not gonna repeat? Like.
2: See, the way I – I mean, I, I like Jokic, man. He came out and had that 23-point game, which was his lowest scoring game, right? Yeah. And they're like, oh, he had a great game. He goes, 23? That's that's what you think is a great game? I'm like, no. Like, no, I, I don't think that's great at all. Like, that's average. And you want to put me up there with the other guys based off 23? No. I, I, he's a gamer, dude. But the thing is, is he doesn't even like playing basketball at
1: this point. He just wants to get home. Here's my thing. You Yo, I – I think this has probably been the easiest road to a NBA finals in NBA history. If you go back and look at their opponents, they played a play in team in the Timberwolves, they played a sixth seed in the Warriors, they played a play in team in the Lakers, and they played a play in team in the Heat in the finals. They played three they played they played an eight seed they played like multiple eight seeds and a sixth seed. Like I just think this was a, had to be one of the easiest roads to ever have reached the NBA finals. Um, you know, at the
0: end of the day, though, he still did have to go against the Steph Curry Golden State Warriors and the LeBron
1: James and AD Lakers. The, the, yeah, but the Steph, the Steph Curry, yeah, you know, they, they, like they didn't have, they didn't have a. They big have man. An, They didn't have an yeah. answer, man. They didn't have an. They didn't answer have a big Yo-Jay. man, and then the Lakers, like again, you have AD, who yes, is a big man, but then outside of that, you had aging LeBron James, and then a bunch of role players. Other than I mean, Austin not to teams.
2: mention Jamal Murray
1: carried them that series. I mean, we
2: can all agree that he,
1: granted. Jokic still
2: averaged a triple-double, but Jamal Murray, I think, had almost 30 points in every single game in that series.
0: Let me bring it to you this much then. I mean, if it was such a cakewalk, right, I mean, how come all these 8 seeds beat everybody
1: else?
2: Hot at the right time, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, it just it just doesn't mean they outmatched everybody that they played the entirety of it, which means, yes, you can say that's they were the one seed, right? But also, when you get to the finals, you're not expecting to have to play an eight-seed. And, like,
2: yeah, the Miami Miami just looked like they were tuckered out. Honestly, they looked like they went through hell to get where they're at. And I just want to throw this yeah. out here: any fan of Miami, we're here for you. As Philly fans, you. we know how yeah, we we know how it is. You need someone to
1: talk to, we got you.
2: No problem. It's, we, I mean, it's it's it's, it's, rough. Demoralized. it's rough, yeah, it's yeah, rough it's out rough. here, man. We, we know.
1: We, I can like again, at least with the MLS, that's not like a major sport, but still, like the Philadelphia Union lost the same day that the Phillies lost the World Series. Obviously, obviously, we have the Super Bowl that they lost. Um, but yeah, Miami fans have to be feeling it right now. They lost the Stanley Cup and then, like, I'm sorry, they lost the uh, finals and then, like, the next day they lose the Stanley Cup. Yeah. So
2: And it wasn't even close. That's the issue in all of these, right? Like, they weren't even close. It was 4 1 blowouts. I mean, it, it sucks, and we we feel for you. But I'm telling you, watch out for NFL. Watch out for Philly this year. They're gonna make sure they're like Patrick Mahomes. They're coming in with PEDs.
1: I think with a fun fact here, um, you know, this is the first. This is gonna be the first time that uh, the same team hasn't won in a five-year span since 1977 to 1981. There's been a different champion each of the five years. Really. Yes, because you have like um, oh, I'm trying to think. You have the Raptors, you have the Bucks, you have the Lakers, Lakers, the Warriors, and then now you have uh, the Nuggets. Nuggets. Well, it's about and- time because you remember all the times we were looking at it. I mean, LeBron would
2: always go Warriors were always all the going. time. I
1: like- still think it's crazy. The stat I told Christian that the nuggets the first western team since like the 70s that weren't from Texas or California to win the finals
2: <laughs> no way <laughs> because this you had boring. you had
1: the lakers dynasty And then obviously you had the Jordan years, but in the middle of the Jordan years, you had the the Houston Rockets who won. Then you had the San Antonio Spurs who were good in the 90s, 2000s. The Lakers who were good in the 2000s and 90s. Then you get the 2010s, the Mavericks won one. But then you have LeBron in the the East who wins. But then the the Warriors who are from California was winning them. And so like it's just crazy. tragic, dude. Yeah, those two states were the ones that were doing everything. Tragic. Hey, Shout out to Denver, man. They played their ass off
2: the in the playoffs yeah. and they showed who the better team
1: was. Do you see the, the owner for uh the owner for the Nuggets also owned the Avalanche and the Los Angeles Rams? Yeah. yeah. No way, does he so really? He's, he's won three championships in the past like two years. There's another, take it about, I'm I take it sure back. There's shout another out. team he owns too. There's one more uh team that
0: he owns too. It's not a major sporting, league, I th- but I think he owns another hockey team.
1: I think what'll be interesting is going to be what the Heat are going to do. You know, they were pretty banged up. Also, Oladipo obviously was gone, Hero didn't come in. A lot of people are saying they're going to go for Beal. They could trade, they want to say they were going to trade Hero and Robinson. I feel like that's be interesting to trade two decent role players. Why would Beale? you get rid of
2: Hero, man?
1: Yeah, I, I. Beal's not that great. I think they have a good forward center combo and Bam Butler. Not for fifty mil a year either. Yeah, it'll be yeah, it'll be interesting because a lot of people are saying the Sixers should get Beal, but like I'd rather no, Mm -mm. I would rather get somebody else. Like well,
2: like like you said, Seth Curry is he? He's a great, great. Well,
1: obviously, the biggest thing is for the Sixers to extend maxi and then try to re-sign hardin hey
2: jj can you come out of retirement and right
1: for us again i think we'll probably win one i saw i saw somewhere that yeah. jj could be a possible uh coach. a possible coach yeah at one point this he
0: was leading of the he was leading teams. vegas ads to be the
2: sixers next head coach i would have loved to see it man but he likes what he's doing dude he's got a great job over there with espn yeah. he he's not going anywhere but uh Yeah, so that's going to get into our subpar segment. Yeah, I know. I will say David's hot take of the week is starting off really strong. He tied the lowest first-round record in U.S. Open open. history with a 62. Unfortunately, it was tied again by a guy that was matching him all day in Xander Schauffele.
1: Xander Schauffele.
2: You go out there and shoot a 62 in these conditions. I mean, uh, that's unreal. I will say Fowler proved today. If you hit fairways, things can happen. Now, these greens are big. So if you hit fairways, and Fowler's a great potter. So this has a very – this course is made for him as long as he stays in the fairways. But the next closest people to them are five strokes behind. And it's the first day. Five strokes, dude. Shoffley and Fowler went out there and outperformed everyone. I don't see them following it up. I think they'll have a decent round tomorrow, but I don't see them following it up. I mean, you have to watch out for Bryson DeChambeau and Scotty Scheffler that are five strokes behind. Yes, it's five strokes, but still. But I, I don't that's know. True. I don't know. I just, it's, it's looking like it's going to be a fun U.S. Open. I am mind blown that someone went out there in these conditions and shot minus eight. Uh, I mean us Open, you're used to seeing someone win at minus five. So we'll see where it ends up. um I like the layout. It's a fun layout.
1: I don't really nice. have much add to that nothing to add to that. It's just I'm glad Ricky's doing well like I said I I, I feel like he was getting hot at the right time. He's been playing really good golf in the past couple of weeks couple of months and I've just had a feeling he could go out and do something well. Xander Schafflelet for some reason. Is always in the hunt when it comes to these big tournaments. I, he never wins them, I feel, but he's always in the hunt for them. Um, so it'd be interesting.
2: Just... You know, growing up, I, I love Fowler, right? He's my favorite golfer to watch. I mean, he's been close to a major, but has never won one. He had one taken away from him from Tiger, which I mean, Tiger, you can't <laughs> you can't argue with Tiger, but just, I would love to see him get one, but it's going to be hard. Xander, there's a reason why he's a top five player in the world. Uh, so if he can edge him just a little bit, Ooh, I don't know. Show him away, Ricky. We got your back over here. So that's going to that's gonna get me into uh, my bet of the week. Last week, Christian had to wear a dress <laughs> throughout the entire um, podcast. It was hilarious. Yep. Yeah, I, really yep. wanna, I really don't want to I really don't want to lose this one. But my bet of the week is going to stay on the same lines of the PGA at the US Open. I'm going Cameron Ro- Young. Cameron Young will finish in the top 10 this week at the US Open. I know what you're saying, top 10s not crazy, but that that's still hard to do. Where is he ranked um, right now? Last I checked, he was at 30th. He was at even part. Um, I just think i i hope he gets done cameron please can you go out there cameron, and do please. your thing because i really don't want to lose so not bad uh, not bad that's gonna get us into our goldies locks of the week and christian how are you doing on those goldies locks still over buddy we're still <laughs> over how, how did you dude, last week on
0: your
1: dude. legs
2: what were the legs last week again? I don't know. The... Yeah, dude, that's you. Uh, I will say, dude, if we need to rebrand this, we will. Hold um, these maybes. But I will goldies say. Hold these maybes. Please, I hope it happens.
1: He is a football better.
2: So these are his
1: iffy picks. Yeah. Dude, are you going to you gonna, gonna put a bet on Joey Chestnut for the hot dog eating contest this year?
2: No. You think he's going to lose? Missed no. opportunity.
0: Not at all. But, dude, it's not going to be enough value on the money line. Yeah. All right. Well, crafted up another three-leg parlay here, boys. When uh, We're going all the way teams to get the win on this one. So, to start with it, I had the Phillies at the A's. Uh, I feel like this one, you know, Phillies are getting real hot right now. A's, they might be getting hot, but they're still. Nellie. Uh, so I feel like the money line oh here for the Phillies is definitely looking like a good one. It also should be noted that it is June, so it's kind of hard to pick against the Phillies right now. So that's going to be the first lock. Second lock is going to be the Orioles at the Cubs. I'm going to go with the Orioles again on the money line. Now,
2: Ooh, get it done at Wrigley.
0: Playing at Wrigley Field against the Cubs, not always the easiest thing to do. However, Orioles playing out of their mind right now. Very good team ball.
2: What does that look for? We were just wondering when you were coming back in. You got to watch out for that Ivy. That
0: Ivy. And then for the last lay, we're going to go with the Angels on the money line at the Royals. Uh, I don't necessarily know who the pitchers are coming into that day, so that's a matchup I can't tell you. I do know the show will not be on the mound that day, though. But. Okay, the they're looking like one of the not, I mean, not a, huh?
3: No, you're good. looking okay.
0: They're not, they're not looking crazy good, but they're not looking crazy bad. And the Royals are now currently, I believe, have the worst record in baseball after a win the other night by the A's. So I'll take the Angels on the money line. For
2: Does that. Mike Trout finally earn that All Star vote? He better because he is not playing well. Mike Trout, as a New Jersey Cherry Hill native that's a Philly fan, please go out there and earn that spot. Yeah. So. I like those picks, man. I think those three can really get it done at you know you know away, sorry, right, but that's gonna get us into our last segment, guys um yes, I can't lose another one, David, I'm just gonna take whatever you have, I okay mean, <laughs> you, had, you had eight correct i I okay. can't argue with that um I had seven or was it six, yeah, it but, seven. I had five last week and I felt pretty good about that, but you guys—you should. should. You, it's a moral victory. It is. It is. That's three better than I've done in the past three times. So. Dude,
0: I had seven right and I picked the A's, so fuck off. Oh, um, Friday's
2: games. We'll so, start with the uh, Pirates Brewers.
0: Yeah, this is
2: going um, to be a great one, guys. I just want to throw that out here. No, nah,
0: I don't want to throw that out there because I uh, I bet on the Pirates in my parlay the past two nights for a total. In total, the hittings would have been worth $500, and two nights in a row they lost as my only leg on the parlays. Give me the Brewers. I don't want the Pirates.
1: Yeah, I'm coming off of an eight-to-one week. I'm on a high. I'm highly taken, if you will. Um, but this is my number one enemy, the Brewers. This is a tough one because if I pick for or against, I know – I know they're going to either win or lose. I feel like Nick's going to pick whichever one I do the opposite of now. So I do have the Brewers winning. On wrong, the wrong pick. <laughs> yeah,
2: Yeah, guys. I mean, this series is going to, I mean, potentially tell who's going to lead this division by the end of the weekend. Um, okay. Give me those Brewers. David, I'm rolling on your back. Let's go. Going into the second game, we got the Guardians versus – the Diamondbacks, or if they like to call it, the Comebacks.
1: I don't know if they like to call
2: it that. Well, that's apparently that's what their announcers uh, like to call it.
0: Playing at home, I mean, the Diamondbacks, I believe they still are. Are they first, I believe, still in the NL uh, over there? The
1: The Dodgers have been awful. They're like two in the last ten.
2: Rip, hot take. Yeah, they they screwed it up. I mean, the Uh, Diamondbacks haven't been playing good either.
1: Yeah, I mean, I know that they just lost two
0: out of three to Philly, but three out of four. Three out of four. I'm sorry. Yeah, three out of four to Philly. But I mean, that's a uh, long one. The Oker team in Cleveland. I'm going to go with the Diamondbacks.
2: Thank you for that long
1: pause so I, I could get You're you a pick. <laughs> so we have a Gallon has been having an amazing year this year. Um, He's seven two to 3.09 ERA, and the Guardians are just meh this year. So I think the D backs are going to do this at home.
2: Yeah, it's going to be tough for me to go against the Diamondbacks. I think they just took three out of four losses this week. I don't think they're going to take another one. Um, they're going to win. They're going to win, absolutely. Diamondbacks at home. Love it. Getting into our last game on Friday. Christian, we got White Sox versus Mariners.
0: Give me two seconds. My computer's about to die, and I'm, the Chargers fucking off.
2: And... Just so you know, no guys, just make sure, just stay responsible. Be responsible about what's going on. Make sure you're keeping everything charged. Make sure sure nothing dies.
1: Right, I I had a power outage last night. My laptop's charged, so I don't know what you're doing over there, Christian.
2: Uh oh, what are you doing, Christian?
1: What? What is he doing <laughs> <with> that laptop? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, whatever. We call him,
2: him the two pump jump. All right, so that's gonna get us into when our last come game. Computer. Last game on Friday, we'll go White Sox Mariners.
0: At the Mariners, I'm gonna honestly, I'm gonna roll with the home team again. I'm gonna go with the Mariners.
1: Yeah, it's it's too mediocre pitching um, for both teams. I think it's gonna come down to the bats, and the Mariners are just have the better bats. So I'm gonna go Mariners at home. All right, guys, doing something a little different here.
2: Give me the Mariners <laughs> at home. <laughs> I absolutely <laughs>
1: love it. If you guys can't tell what's going on. Maybe you'll you'll, you'll are you just picking the same ones as us, like the tiebreaker?
2: Hey, I'm I don't want to <laughs> lose. I don't want to lose. Dude.
1: I, let it oh at least God. be noted that I'm the first
0: one throwing out all the picks. So y'all are copying me.
2: I don't care. So that's gonna go into our first game on Saturday. Uh it's against two red hot teams. We'll go Phillies
1: versus A's.
0: Yeah. Uh um I already took the Phillies Lane for the bet, so I'm going to go with the Phillies.
1: Yeah, this is the battle of the two old Philadelphia teams. If you didn't know, the A's are from Philadelphia. Um, These are two of the hottest teams in baseball right now. The Phillies haven't decided who their starter is, but uh, Capri Lane is going to be on the mound for Oakland. He's 2-for-6 with a 6.89 ERA, which won't do in June when you're playing against the Phillies, so I have the Phillies in that one.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's June, man. You can't go up against the Phillies. I like them. I love that it. it's the Philly matchup. Basically, um, the only thing that scares me is the fact they haven't announced who the starter is going to be, which leads me to believe it's going to be a bullpen
1: game. Yeah, like Strom or something.
2: Yeah, but I mean, Strom looks decent. I didn't like the fact that they took him out of that game uh, too early, like that early. But Phillies get it done. It's going to be a high-scoring game. Give it to the Phillies. Next game, you got to always have this on this list whenever they play each other. Yankees versus Red Sox.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think the series starts tomorrow, I believe. Um, I think the Red Sox are going to take game one, but I think Yankees come back to take game two, so I'm going to take the Yankees in that one.
1: I feel like it's a real toss-up of a game Again, it's two really underwhelming pitchers, but Bellow is the better of the two of the pitchers. They're playing at Fenway, so I'm going to give it to the Sox in this one.
2: Do I stay on course
1: with David? You've been picking the same one as me? (laughs) I do not. I'm going with
2: Yankees. I think they get a road win on Saturday. Uh, it got to be a little different. Then that's going to get us into our last game on Saturday, Angels versus Royals.
0: Uh, Royals are the worst team in baseball now after a couple of A's wins, so give me the Angels. I
1: had the same thing. Angels have been amazing this year, which is surprising. The Royals are pretty trash this year as well, so I'm going to have the Angels pulling this one out.
2: I want to go Royals, but no. give me the Angels, no. man. now nah, Mike Trout's gonna have a good. He's gonna have a good game this uh this game on Saturday. Last day, Sunday, I think I picked some some pretty good games here. We'll go Reds versus Astros.
0: Oh, that's not a bad game. Games and uh see, but uh Alvarez just got put onto the uh IL, didn't he? You're not, or your Alvarez?
3: Did he?
1: Well, I should have seen it before I chose him for my all-star game. Mm.
0: Yeah. uh, Reds,
1: Screw it. I'll take the Reds away.
2: For anyone that didn't hear that, he said the Reds.
1: Yeah, the Reds have been red hot. Uh, they're currently only one and a half games back of first place in the NL Central. They play the reigning champs in the Houston Astros. Browns on the mound. For the Astros, six and three record, three point three ERA against Weaver, who is one and two with a six point two three ERA. So I'm going to have Houston winning that at home. Like I gotta say, man, I think the Reds are going to go down
2: there. They're going to roll their windows down and cruise. De La Cruz has a great game. Give me the Reds. Give me the Reds on a win and a win out at a way. It's
1: a lot. That's a lot for that payoff, there, Nick. Not going to lie.
2: Oh, I had to do it. De La Cruz looks good, man. He's quick. He's very quick
1: not Trey Turner quit, but he quit.
2: No, he's he, he's faster than Trey Turner. Are you serious? Not, Trey Turner just recorded the fastest sprint. Uh, in For, the and no, no. He just recorded the fastest sprint in his career.
0: No, in the season today. So
2: that's going to get us into our second game, the Blue Jays versus Rangers. Another tough one.
0: I'm going to go with the Blue Jays. Thank you.
1: Yeah, right, so we have, we, we have two of the better teams in baseball right now. Two good pitchers, but Gray is, Gray is pitching as well. He is 6-2, and two, the 2.3 uh, three ERA for the Rangers. The Rangers' bats are just better than the Jays, in my opinion, so I'm going to take the Rangers.
2: Yeah, I'm with David on
1: this one. I mean, Rangers are red hot. they
2: one of the best bats in baseball. Uh, give me the Rangers at home on that one. That's going to get us into our last game. could possibly see the World Series. Rays versus Padres.
1: I'm not sure about that. It's
2: possible.
0: You said Rays versus Padres. That's the possible World Series?
2: Where did the Padres go last year?
1: Ray, but aren't what? the Padres under 500 right now? Oh, no. <laughs> Thanks. Weren't the Phillies, weren't, weren't the Phillies
2: under 500 this time last year? I mean, Maybe. I don't they know. Were. They were
0: one way or another. I'll take. Uh, I'll take the Rays.
1: Yeah, Rays haven't decided who's pitching yet. We got Musgrove for the Padres, who isn't doing too bad this season. The Padres have had a decent June so far. They are at home, but I'm going to take the Rays in this away game. Nice. Based off of David's choice, there. Um, give me the Padres.
2: Give me as the Padres. You, as I, long as I, you're
1: picking different than me, it's fine.
2: No, nah, I mean, yeah, I, I picked two separate ones than you. I I, I picked two separate ones. Uh, yeah,
1: one separate one than me.
2: That's not true. How? What do you mean? How? I I
1: definitely I'm gonna look back on this,
2: but I definitely didn't pick the same ones.
1: No way. All right, so uh, give us our tiebreaker because this one's gonna be very important this week. <laughs> yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. I can't remember the tiebreaker. You gotta I don't think you that.
1: gave us the tiebreaker.
2: Okay. Yeah, I, I just realized I didn't give you the, the tiebreaker. So this is actually this is the game I wanted to go to for the tiebreaker. Let's go.
0: This tigers. is the game you wanted to go to, but you don't know which game.
2: Let's go tigers versus twins.
1: At home, I'll take the twins. Yeah, so you got the twins, tigers. You know, the tigers are a pretty bad team this year. Twins. Hold on, stop.
2: He didn't give me. Oh, yeah, what's the, the score?
1: <laughs> he said
3: the
0: twins. Oh, 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 <laughs> my
1: fault. I totally forgot
0: that. I totally forgot that. Yeah, let me get the twins four to three.
2: That's
1: a good yeah. one. So, again, it's, uh, the Tigers have not decided who they're going to pitch that game. Varland's pitching for the Twins. He has a 4.70 ERA. I do think the Twins win this one at home, but I think the final score will be along the lines of 6-5. to five. I'm
2: going Tigers take this one. I think the Tigers win 5-3. to three. Guys, I hope I don't come in last this week. We shall see. I can't <laughs> wait. But, as always... Have a great weekend. Go, See go, everybody back on Monday.
1: A have no, a good we, weekend. Get your cats spayed and neutered. I'm um, hopefully mother, Christian. You know, will do better in his. Yo, I had to up, Goldie Locks before at the change of the Goldie maybe will happen. You <laughs> you <laughs> <it'll> happen.
2: <laughs> we shall see. All right, we'll see <laughs> you guys next week. They drop Knowledge and Hot Takes at the Sports HQ. We're diving into the
1: game from hoops <laughs> to grid iron, analyzing every play like we were the champion. with witty banner and humor. We keep the fun in HD. We always bring the number one. Highlight taken pockets, we're taking over the scene. We drop dubs and chugs with the Sports Dream from hot takes to deep dive. It's a winning regime. Come join the hype. We're not just blow
3: steam.